kid got infected by something, you know, who knows what was in that giant crazy fart. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are in season 11. The boys, as you might have heard, are back in town. Chris, how you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing great. Just had to check that I was recording. Indeed, I am. Uh, how are you tonight, Jeremy? I'm doing pretty good, my man. Doing pretty good. I'm uh, enjoying season 11 so far. Uh, I like yeah. these. I like these um, episodes. Super pleasantly surprised. Did not know what to expect coming in here, but feeling good i um i i'm surprised because the character that they spent a lot of time doing character development with they just straight up kill off in this episode like you and i assumed that oh we just wouldn't ever we won't ever see her again but no they go out of their way to kill her in like a spectacular fashion so like good job supernatural for killing off your your gay women characters on this on this show yeah. um, um but overall the episode is actually really really good and sam's sam fucking kills it in this episode which is kind of unusual mm-hmm. so incredibly strange to have that happening <laughs> Uh, before we get too far to the podcast, I'd like to thank the patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. They donate a couple of dollars per month and get all kinds of cool benefits. Uh, you can get exclusive podcasts. You can get the ability to tell me and Chris to cover things. Um, you can get access to our discord server where all kinds of cool star Wars chat is happening lately. Uh, but also video games and supernatural and just everything that, that whole place is just a it's been surprisingly like not gross lately i've been really appreciating that you know what i'm saying like you know for a while it was just like super dirty for some reason yeah yeah, yeah. uh it's our fault because of the way that we conduct these podcasts but it's true thanks for keeping it real everybody thank you for keeping it real uh and thank you to the patrons like carrie b who just recently donated so thank you carrie shout out shout thank out you. to carrie um chris catches up on supernatural season 11 all right just as they've begun to i'm not doing that voice that's just not. as they've begun to, no, that's i don't like that uh-uh. <laughs> uh, they, all right just as they've begun to piece together their remnants the remnants of their brotherhood sam and dean find themselves once more beset by new dangers the darkness has been made manifest in the form of a woman who holds a deadly affection for Dean. Ooh. Sam, on the other hand, seems to have been affected by the shadowy tendrils of darkness, cursed to turn into a rabid monster before ultimately burning out in death. Meanwhile, Castiel has been taken prisoner by angels, Crowley has reclaimed his body, and a newborn baby named Amara now bears what seems to be the mark of Cain. So, uh, 
how are you enjoying your 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 don't know what's coming in supernatural because there's a pretty big reveal on this episode that in fact the baby is the personification of the darkness and amara is the darkness like so did you know people that? talk about i know you know people, amara, yes. so. um, i knew that i felt i had a feeling Mar- amara was was the darkness just because of um how much i've heard her talked about mm-hmm. how much i've heard that name thrown around that there's really no getting away from that but there's some like stuff that she does in this that i was super surprised about um I actually, so I thought that she took over the body of Jenna. Um, that's, I just assumed that was what was going to happen. That the baby was like, oh, this baby body, this isn't good enough. I'm going to hop over to this other woman. Um, and that's what I assumed they were going to do with this actress. Because they had set her up and then they're just going to toss her aside, whatever. Um, I was wrong about that. So finding out, even though I kind of knew what Amara was already, seeing the way that she operates and who she's now going to operate with, that was a big surprise to me. All of this was, really. Cool. Well, we were talking about season 11, episode two, Form and Void. This was written by Andrew Dabb, directed by Phil Segrecia. This aired on October 14th, 2015. Dean and Sam face their own battles. Dean helps Jenna, the nurse. Nope, that's not a nurse. She's a cop. (laughs) Dean helps Jenna, the nurse he met after the darkness fell, get back home safely and then sets off to help Sam deal with a town infected by a mysterious and deadly gas. What? What is this? However, when Jenna falls into dangerous hands, excuse me? (laughs) She calls Dean for help and Sam tells him to go back to her. What? What show were they watching? Unfortunately for Sam, he isn't able to handle the townspeople turned monsters. Yes, he is. He handles all. Yeah, he handles it just fine. Everything is fine with Sam. He does a really great job in this episode. What the fuck, Supernatural? What the fuck, Supernatural? CW. Uh, Our then is pretty cool. Um, It's it's just that catches us up on the darkness and the rabbits and Amara, and that Sam is infected, and then we go to the town of Superior. Uh, where this whole where they've been this whole time, I I I, I, I guess I just had forgotten that. But I, for a moment, I thought this was a new town. I really like this intro where we see like a dude. We don't see any faces. We just see this guy with one shoe, kind of walking down the street, and then we see like the hands of another guy at a hardware store, like pulling shit off the walls. Obviously, about to make like what I thought was going to be a bomb. Yeah. Um. Obviously zombie fiction has kind of been done to death but every once in a while i i still like to engage with it and this kind of conjures up those evocative feelings of town is sort of laid to waste just a single person walking but in this case this this single person is been in, infected by whatever this is the darkness and just like walking by the ruin and all the dead bodies meanwhile cutting over to a uh a a faceless burlapped man <laughs> building tools at the hardware i mean store. They're, they're they're shooting this from like uh i mean i don't know i think this is maybe called a three-quarter shot or something but they're shooting it basically from like knee height up and it just gives the impression that this dude is the most giant guy ever so i immediately thought this was sam winchester like it just oh, yeah. it just screams oh, yeah. sam winchester to me um so what Sam is essentially doing here is he is he's built some some tools for himself to work with. He doesn't have the Impala, so he only has this duffel bag. He's at the hardware store. He builds tools and he lures in these rabbits. There, this one in particular. Um, to he lures him in with like he puts his phone in a bucket and it acts like a speaker. Which okay, I that that does kind of work, but it wouldn't be that damn loud. Um, well, he, he, he lures he this guy previously in. hacked the volume limit on his phone. That's uh, that was, course, it was a deleted course. scene. So yes. Um, <laughs> They they draw he draws this dude in and then he shocks him. Um, I think does he ask him a question or something like that? Or yeah, he specifically yeah, says like, "Are you are you how how far gone on you? Can you talk?" And the guy's mm-hmm. like, "Who are you?" And the, and then he sh- he shocks him instead of like presumably shooting him like he's done all of the rest and says, yeah. "Good answer." 
So he's right. he's trying Sam to Sam find... is not really in danger here. Not for no. them anyway, because we saw last episode they're not interested in attacking anybody who's already infected. How do we feel about this homemade uh fucking <laughs> zap gun that he's got? I love you it. No, right? I'm not gonna question it. I'm not even gonna question it. I love it. I just, it. I just I don't that he care. Can do it. Yeah, whatever you want to yeah. do with it, Sam, just get after it. Uh, so we go to our the main part of the episode, which is in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, Dean pulls into a driveway with Jenna and the baby Amara. Uh, Jenna starts talking about all of the things that she's done in this neighborhood. She's she had her first kiss in the blue house over there, and she had her she lost her virginity to uh, 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 that house over there. And it's revealed that uh, she, her first kiss was with a woman, so she's obviously a lesbian or at least yeah. Bisexual. You can tell this was written by a man though, because yes. um, nobody is just out here. Like, yeah, I'm gonna tell this dude I just met where I lost my virginity. I don't know. It's I mean, if so you <laughs> look, if you presumably, if you could resist the Jensen Ackle charm, like if you were of the opposite sex and like he was looking at you in the way that like Dean Winchester would look at you, you'd be like, I just need to let you know up front. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I need to get yeah. this out of the way, uh, but it is very, it is very like awkward, especially and it's especially weird that they even bother with the detail, considering they just fucking murder her later. So. Like I, I'll believe that she's from this town. You don't have to tell me where she lost her virginity. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um Dean it's also mentioned here that <laughs> Dean is super good with the baby. Uh, mm-hmm. like almost as if they have what some else sort of new? bond. Yeah. Uh, um, she asks him if him and Sam are going to be okay. He's like. The bar's pretty low for us, so yeah, we'll probably be okay. Um, they give each other a hug. They say their goodbyes. Um, her plan is to stay here with her grandma. Um, yes, and we're, they'll be safe. They're out of trouble. Everything's okay. Um, and you know, we go in. We meet. We meet grandma. This whole time, I kept expecting a dark grandma turn. It doesn't happen. Um, well, and that's especially because this is Dolores Herbig and her big brown eyes. Shout outs to any Dead Like Me fans out in the in the audience. But yeah, I got nothing for you. <laughs> I didn't think that you would. You will eventually because we have to cover that for Monster Weeks Presents. So, <laughs> huh? um, so yeah, she just sends Jenna up for a nap. She puts the baby down into the crib, and then we get like you know a quiet moment with the baby laying there in the crib trying to fall asleep. Uh, and there's like a box of toys and, and, and baby stuff like on the shelf. And this baby, Jeremy, this baby uses the force to pull that box down. I uh, I called Autumn in the room, rewound it and said, Autumn, we have another baby Yoda in the frame. Yeah, <laughs> Autumn walked in, watched the four seconds of the baby knocking over the, this thing with the force and said, that's not the baby. That's a ghost. And then turned around and walked out. <laughs> <of the room. laughs> a swift announcement. Swift announcement. There's, there's, I know you know how people will get really, really angry about really popular stuff mm-hmm. because they just they can't control their emotions or anything. Um, somebody just got really mad that we mentioned Baby Yoda. You think we mentioned it I before so. on the podcast? So I'm oh not, yeah, for sure. And like for sure, I, I'm pretty sure people got mad when I said it on Thinking Face because people are just they can't handle stuff that's popular. I Sorry, don't, I don't know how you would be the kind of person to listen to like podcast and then like. Especially because people who've, if you're 160 some odd episodes deep into Monster of the Week, like you know that you and I are both on the internet a lot. So uh-huh. how, like, I don't know how you would avoid Baby Yoda. Like it was basically the very first day. Like after that, like mm-hmm. I did, it, it was everywhere immediately. So, mm-hmm. um, my sister was asking me about it. Anyway, so uh, go over to Sam. Yeah, come back to Sam. He's you know he's taking pills. I thought that was going to be important. It's nope, not. It's probably it's just not. like caffeine pills. But he's definitely ins- um, inspecting those veins in a way that we haven't seen yeah. since uh, that episode that we named after his big veins. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's looking at these big old big old thick dark neck veins. Big as the bulging kind of, black veins. Am I right? <laughs> they're big. They're bulging. They're they're burgeoning. <laughs> they're busting. Ooh, um, they're busting. They're spreading. Yeah, they're busty. He he's um he's got the the other 
guy that he shocked earlier. He yes. has that guy tied up um, and starts asking him questions, starts asking him, you know, how long have you um, been infected? Um, the guy's not really answering any questions. He's just like, I'll we're going to have to make a deal here, tall man. You're going to have to give me something if you want some answers out of me. <laughs> Sam's like, all right, dude, what do you want? He goes, I want some fucking pudding, bro. What? What is this? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. What, like, is a guy just super hungry? Like, he probably walked past eight McDonald's on his way to track down, you know, Sam's bullshit bucket trap. So I don't, like, what? I, I didn't really get the I, pudding I don't thing. know if it's supposed to illustrate that, like, he's still human and he's not necessarily, like, violently dangerous in all of his thoughts. But he is kind of unhinged. Like he's not like he desperately wants pudding. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, like there's just something going awry here. Now, th- this was for me. I liked what this episode was doing. I liked what the scene accomplishes. Um, but he seems to just like be in the know about everything as if like him and the others have been like camping out, like powwowing and like talking about their present condition and like forming their new society. He's like, yeah, yeah you know, some of us turn sooner than others and all this stuff. And like, is just the, the way that he talks about it doesn't make sense to me. Is the town of Superior Podcast like still releasing episodes and it's just all right. zombie shit all the time now? <laughs> right. Like, are we just he, are we just in that he, that that what was what is is it Pontypool? That's the language virus horror movie thing with the guy with the radio show or whatever. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't I didn't understand how he knew all of this stuff. And, and really, none of this really goes anywhere because he just says, hey, I was infected this morning, which is uh, later than Sam. And he doesn't believe that Sam can fix anything. So he's like, oh, we're just mm-hmm. we're just basically dead. Yeah, he's just he's, he's being infected, for lack of a better term, faster than Sam. Yes. Um. And yeah, he's just he's just super in the know about everything. Sam insists that he's going to um fix this, and this dude is like, "No, you dude, you're better off killing me and then killing yourself and just let's save ourselves this trouble because it's it's not going anywhere." Um pretty pretty bleak setup we've got going on here. We cut back to Dean, who's calling um, our friend Castiel uh because Sam's not around and he doesn't have anybody to save, so he might as well call his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, Castiel is uh, getting beaten up by the Office Depot security team. They are smashing Castiel's phone. And uh, when Castiel kind of is woken up via punch and sees these angels, he it automatically like awakens this attack dog spell. And he's like, you guys mm-hmm. need to run. You guys got to get out of here. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Whatever. Sure. Let's do, let's do that. Yeah. Then. Whatever. It's, it's really funny that they are just like. Okay, we'll put the mark of Cain on Castiel now. <laughs> sure, like, why not? Let's make like, it super for lack bad of a better term. Like yeah. that's 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 what they've done. It's the mark um, of Cain, but it's way less cool. <laughs> right, right. Um, th- these angels' names are Ephraim and John. By the way, I don't know if it's really going to matter all that much, but because we don't, you know, Cast tells them to run, and then we 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 check back in on Jenna back at her grandma's house, who hears a a ruckus. Um, and that ruckus just so happens to be the baby is using the force I love it. to spell out, feed me with little lettered blocks by shooting them into the wall, shooting them and embedding them into the wall. And like, you know, Jenna being Jenna immediately rushes in and her grandmother grabs her and like pulls her out and is like, don't you go in there. That baby is possessed by the devil. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> Grandma's yeah. got religion. I mean, that's kind of where that's kind of where what it seems like. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it also convinces Crowley, which we're going to hear, see in a bit like, but like, it definitely yeah. seems like she is possessed by the devil. Um, um I'm so really Jenna dislike this joke, Dean. by the way. I, I hate this joke. Like where, uh, Jenna says, well, if you don't, are you going to um, call the who you're going to call thing? And uh, and like Dean answers the phone in the next scene saying Ghostbusters. And I'm like, the fuck it's, is this? It's, 
Funny that you should say that because I basically despise any and all reference to Ghostbusters. I saw that movie when I was a little kid. I don't freaking get it, man. Uh, I just want everyone to shut up about it. People act like Ghostbusters is in nerd canon alongside things like Star Wars as if it's this big epic thing that you need to have in your life. And that's super freaking weird. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't like it. I want it out of my life. Thank you very much. Wow, I didn't know. I did not we, know I was awakening the Ghostbuster hater on, online. No, I don't. I don't. No, I don't really care. I just don't. I just don't understand. What's your I ad? Don't get it. Ghostbuster hater dot. Go uh, at local bonds knows. All right, he does know that <laughs> Ghostbusters. I know it's fine. I don't really care. I just don't have um, nostalgia for it. Dean calls Sam, and they kind of catch up. Sam is pretty much pretending that he's got everything under control, and Sam is also. Kind of like, what do you think it is? Is it a possession or whatever? And and you know, Dean's like, I have no fucking clue. I, who 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 absolutely knows what could be happening? Yeah, uh, <laughs> just it's just off the freaking handle, man. We go over to Castiel, who is uh, actively being tortured, and one of our more oh, gruesome. Real tor- quick, oh. Sam is like, yeah, dude, don't worry about me, just do your thing. Uh, and then he looks over, and his his pal that he had chained up is dead. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sam's doing great. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so back to Castiel. Yeah, back to Castiel. He's being sliced up by an angel blade. You hate to see it. Hate to see it. These angels, they want to know where Metatron is. They just assume that Castiel and Metatron are in cahoots. Now, if you remember, the angels all fell from heaven because Metatron used Castiel's grace, and everybody thought they were in cahoots then. So I kind of wish that they like focused in a little bit more on that, like. Obviously, Castiel wasn't working with Metatron. He was tricked. Well, he, he was until he was tricked. Um, but like all the angels maybe don't know that. Like I know that they brought Castiel back into the fold. But then when he goes in and breaks Metatron out of jail, maybe everyone will go, oh, yeah, he's that dude who worked with him before. Exactly. <laughs> we yeah. should like, you know, and that is effectively what they're doing here. And this but dude I, even I says, liked... like, if it was up to me, I would just kill you. But we're not going to do that. We're going to stab you with this with this angel blade a little bit and mm-hmm. just keep you alive for a Um. Yeah, he, he, Castiel is like, he's not being the too proud Dean or Sam type. He, he is begging for mercy from his, from his brothers. And, um, they are like, bro, you are not our bro, bro. All right, bro. Um, you, they effectively, they say you choose the Winchesters every time over heaven. There have been a number of instances where you have had to make that decision between your friends or between heaven and your brothers and sisters. And every single time, without fail, you've chosen the Winchesters. So, like, screw yourself. I um, which hey, I kind of agree with. Like, I don't agree with yeah, torture, I mean, but like, it's it's weird that you know Castiel kind of expects the angels just to come running around and save him and bring him up to delightful heaven when he has fucked them over almost at every opportunity, mm-hmm. even in the efforts to save them. Um, he's not been particularly great to heaven or the angels. Uh, so. From here, we go over to Sam. I think Sam has just Googled the word contagious and is looking <laughs> looking at the definition. I could be like it was or it's either contagious or contagion. Either one is very funny to me. But like uh-huh. just Googling like a single word, there's going to be a little like a scene later where that I also think is very funny. But uh, he hears someone oh, singing. I love Sammy. Um, he hears someone singing Oh Death. Uh, Man, this could stray really closely to being corny, but I, I the scene worked. I started to hear this. It's, I thought the same version that we'd heard before. I thought it was just like playing on a radio. At first I thought it was just the soundtrack and then I realized Sam can hear it too. Um, and then I realized it's not a radio. It, there is somebody in this abandoned hospital that Sam is in who is singing the song. Um, and so he starts sweeping through, gun drawn, flashlight out. Um, and just, they're really building, for me, building a huge, I don't know, atmosphere, I guess. I was really, really like, 
feeling what was happening here. I was, he rounds the corner and he sees this woman, uh, you know, kind of crouching, singing over uh, bodies of these of these deceased people. Uh, the as he's going over to find her, uh, there's a scene where there's a shot where that you see like a shadow of something gripping the hand of a dead body. Uh, that I thought was just really cleverly done and really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um, they use shadows super well here. They really do. They really, really do. And uh, I don't remember in my mind, and this could be a slight spoiler, but in my mind somewhere I was like, oh, this has to be the new death, right? Like this, they have to have a death. So this That's is just going I to be thought, new death. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. she introduces herself. Uh, she doesn't introduce herself to the end, but she, she calls, she, she finds, she tells Sam that she's a reaper. Um, and she's not, when he comes around the corner with his gun, she just goes, Hey Sam. Like, exactly. So yeah. Um, but I mean, she had like a great singing voice. And once I saw her singing, I was like, oh, I believe that. Like, I, I didn't just look at her and go, oh, this is cheesy. I just was like, yep, OK. And I felt like she was doing it to lure Sam out, sort of. Um, so, yeah, I don't know this. I was watching her mannerisms at first, thinking this is death inside of a new a new body. It's taken, death has taken a new form somehow and is is acting the same way as before. But obviously, that's. That's not the case here, but uh, yeah, she's a reaper and she, as she starts to talk to Sam, that's when she steps into the shadow. So we just see her silhouette. We don't see her face anymore. Yeah. Um, a super great use of lighting right here. Yeah. Uh, and Sam's like, yeah, sorry. We killed your boss. Uh, Oops. My bad. <laughs> and this is this. I, I, I'm glad that they did this. They needed to up the stakes. Sam is on the verge of death, right? Like he's infected. We don't know what's going to happen. Like we all, we all know Sam's not going to die. Um, what we think we know, but Supernatural has a habit of killing Sam and Dean and bringing them back to life. So I love the way that they just raised the stakes here. Uh, I don't know if it'll have any permanent consequence or, or anything like that, but she says it's over dying and coming back again and again. The old death thought it was funny. What lives dies. And she says that the next time that Sam or Dean die because they, they killed death and they have defied it too many times. The next time that either one of them dies, they're just getting tossed out into the empty this place that nothing ever comes back from um and right on top of that just saying like okay yeah so you're screwed it's not heaven it's not hell it's literally nothing it's nothing that's it so good so Um, good and i like the idea of this like supernatural plays on these areas real well even though they just end up being you know color filtered versions of vancouver Mm -hmm. out out world but like (laughs) you know purgatory hell um heaven obviously the earthly plane and now like this weird otherness and in my mind when you say the empty it's like the space between everything right like it's just it's the emptiness between everything and that's really evocative like i don't know how that's going to play out i don't remember but it's it's really exciting to to hear something like that and to be like man that's this is actually like a fucking consequence if sam dies what are they going to do and obviously it's a tv show i'm not hugely at risk i don't think sam's hugely at risk but the idea of them being cut off from casual resurrection stuff is is really interesting to me definitely um and just as she informs him of that and you can kind of see it like washing over sam the gravity of that i mean he's somebody who's faced down death a hundred times but um ever since season two i guess it probably is always in the back of his head and i might come back from this um so she right after saying that says she can feel that sam is dying she says that he is unclean in the biblical sense um that's not the first time that somebody has said that to sam so 
even though I knew that they weren't referencing demon blood, I kind of still wondered. I always think back to yellow eyes and all that shit because I can't help it. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. When they called Sam an abomination and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, but yeah, she says she, that he's unclean in the biblical sense. Sam has heard that before. Um, but then she just says, hey, I'll see you soon. And this is when she drops that her name is Billy. Yep. And from there, we go over to Castiel. Uh, these Office Depot security team is threatening to cut off his fingers and maybe even his dick if he doesn't give up where Metatron is. But then um, Hannah comes in and basically just puts a stop to it. This is not Hannah and the vessel that we know her. This is Hannah and the vessel that she basically took over from another angel uh, some odd, so, so many odd episodes ago. Um, Hannah kicks out this team and is like, oh, hey, let me help you. Uh, but you should know that something horrible is happening. And uh, we go from there right back to Sam, who is walking by this monitor and kind of sees himself in the mirror and realizes that he's getting worse. And as he sees his reflection, he also sees the reflection behind him, which is a like listing of all of the places in the hospital you can go, one of which is a chapel. So he mm-hmm. heads over there and he starts to pray to God. And Chris, I have a question for you because mm-hmm. I would, as I like to do, I'll read through the wiki for trivia and stuff just to see if there's anything interesting. And oh, God. Very rarely, very rarely am I satisfied with the quality of work <laughs> that I get over there. But uh, the wiki insists that this is the first time that Sam has ever prayed directly to God and not to Castiel or some other angel. And I think that is totally incorrect. Like I've, I definitely I, yeah, remember I Sam pr- praying to God at some point and like Dean catching them and then having this conversation of like, yeah, Dean's there's... like, I don't believe in any that shit there is a uh an episode i don't remember what season it's in where they specifically think they're dealing with an angel and they realize that it's the ghost of a priest or whatever yeah and he's he tells dean yeah dean i pray every night so i don't know if the uh wiki is just interpreting that as saying that he prays to the angels every night i would certainly think that if he was praying before season four that he was not praying specifically to angels he would be praying to an omniscient sort of um formless god you know like the way that people do because he's just like yeah i gotta have faith i just want to believe in something but not like i have faith in angels so i i think that that's probably false i think that sam was definitely praying to god this uh the speech that sam gives um the crux of it seems to be that they need help um and he realizes like he's about to die he can't fix the mess that he's made but Dean deserves a life. Dean deserves better and there's people out there good people that would suffer because of me and i don't want that to happen and he goes on to say, we need to know there's hope and we need a sign. And yeah. um, this Dean deserves say, a life comment is, is irks me to a, to a certain degree. It's, I know it's Sam Winchester to a T. I, I've realized mm-hmm. that. I just, but like after everything, like he's still fucking concerned about this and not, I don't know. I don't know. It seems a little bit, I, they, that's a fan service line, essentially, thrown into the rest of this, which I think is very on point to everything that's going on. Um. Because they, you know, they both try to get out of the life and all this stuff. I don't know. I, I don't really know. I think that that's less Sam in the moment, and I think that's more writers trying to please fans. Um, especially because there was so much strife between Sam and Dean, and because it seems like maybe what Sam did was really bad in order to save Dean. So they kind of have to reinforce the like brotherly love kind of thing here. Um, but the part where he says, uh, "I'm not asking you to clean up my mess." Um, he just wants they just want some hope um which is overall this this is good i think and he I, says that they need a sign and then he just sits there in the darkness and there's nothing and there's no and nothing happens i literally wrote the ellipses in my notes like it was a fucking final fantasy 8 dialogue uh nothing nothing for the final fantasy 8 dialogue? I, I, you got nothing. a little you got a little chuckle <laughs> i um i don't i kind of disagree with you that it's a fan service line like i feel like it's 
it's just Sam not learning the lesson, right? Like he literally right, in the right, last right. in the last episode, he was saying like, "This has got this is on us. We have to do the thing. Like you have to let me do my thing, and I'll have to let you do you thing your thing." And now he's basically saying, "I know I'm going to die. Please take care of Dean for me." And I guess right. that's like, it's like a worthwhile prayer, but at the same time, it just seems like antithetical to what we've been doing in season 11, even though we haven't been doing it that long. Um, but that's okay because when he walks outside, he is given a vision and it's fucking terrifying. This looks like, yeah, this looks like Sam in the cage. Like that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is just like vague torture, vague, like dark thoughts or whatever, but I was like, Oh, this is Sam in Lucifer's cave. Like, like cage. This is <laughs> Lucifer's cave. Very different. Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> this is very reminiscent of like Dean being sent to hell and seeing like, like what I described it at the time in season three was like the Hellraiser chains come out and start ripping pieces of flesh off of you. And that's what this is. Like, that's exactly what this is. And I love that. Like it fucks Sam up so much that he like falls to his knees. And then when it goes away, he just looks up and he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did ask for a sign. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. It's just so tempting. It's hard. Um, all right, cut back to Dean. He's rolling back up on, uh, at Jenna's who says that there's an exorcist there. And as soon as he walks in, he's like, oh shit, it's Crowley. This does give us one of the better lines in the, in this episode, which is, uh, you know, Jenna asking, oh, you two know each other? And (laughs) Crowley saying Dean was a rather scrumptious young altar boy. And I'm like, would you... With everything that you know about priests, have you ever heard a priest talk like that? Absolutely Uh-oh, not. That Get him out of your that house. That can't be good. Get him out of your um, house. We, we cut away from them pretty quickly back over to Hannah, who tries to uncuff Castiel, but he's like, yo, this is probably not a good idea. Like, I'm kind of like on one right now, so it's maybe not a great idea. Um, and he also, like, he reiterates to her, like, hey, I'm not lying about Metatron. Um... And she seems to believe him, but she's also unable to heal him because, or heal him of the, um, the curse that, that, uh, Rowena put on him, uh, because the, the magic is just too powerful. And also his wounds, right? Like that's and yeah. not only the, the, the thing, but the wounds as well. So, um, we cut from here back over to Crowley and Dean, who's walking outside, uh, and Crowley's like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm working a case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's also like. Um, oh, by the way, dude, you know what Sam and Cass have been up to? Oh, I love this. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you talked to your fucking brother? Have y'all caught up yet? Like, I don't know. It's been like two days. So <laughs> it's not been a lot of time. I don't know if you guys yeah. have like, do you guys have a conference call? Is there like a group text? And they're like, Dean's very Crowley. There is no group text. <laughs> can I? Yeah. Dude, we, we barely can send texts. Um, and then we, we kind of, we jump back and forth. Cause now we're back over to Hannah. And she's explaining, um, or she's asking about what happened in Nebraska about the darkness. She says that there there are alarms in heaven that started going off that they don't even know what they mean. Um, Cass explains that the darkness is is not just a story. It's something that is real. It's something that was locked away. Um, and it has been locked away since the dawn of creation. But uh-oh, now it's free. And Hannah basically says, you know, first off, like, God help us. And then says, you know, I I need to know where the darkness is. Is that what Sam and Dean are doing? Tell me where Sam and Dean are. And she overplays her hand a little bit. And Castiel's like, wait a minute. How did you even know where I was? Like, if we were hidden. And then from there, we cut back over to uh, Crowley, who outlines this whole, like, church shindig, which is if somebody calls into a possession to a Catholic church... And it goes up the chain far enough. He's got sources inside the church to let him know, like, hey, this could be a possession. And it goes out. And if it's one of his demons, he takes care of it. And if it's not one of his demons, he takes care of it. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, Which is just wild. But 
Crowley's a different kind of leader, so whatever. 100%. I don't even hate. I don't even care. For some reason, I was like, "Yep, no, that checks out." No, I dig it. Like uh, having uh, spies in the fucking Vatican is is super cool. Like demon shit to do. Like I, that's that yeah. seems like Crowley to a fucking T. That seems like the kind of shit that demons like should have been up to, like always in Supernatural. Yeah. Um, and not like running like pop culture lines around in their heads, you know. Um. Meanwhile, Grandma is uh, making some tea while uh, Jenna is upstairs cuff- comforting Amara. The grandmother hears a noise upstairs that sounds to me like a body falling. And then yeah, uh, we go yeah. we go over to Cassiel, who's accusing Hannah of basically pre-planning this entire situation, of letting these guys pick him up and torture him so she could come in, save the day, and, and basically get the information from him. And he asked why, because they were friends. And she's like, well, we were friends, and then you freed Metatron, and every yeah. other angel in heaven hates you. <laughs> And then he asks her if if she hates him, and I don't think we get an, an answer here, because the other angels, they come, they bust in, um, they say, none of this shit matters, because, um, well, he's, Castiel says, I'm not going to give you Sam and Dean, but they're like, all right, it's time to hack, we're hacking your brain, <laughs> let's do this, let's get our, our weird Naomi hack brain machine, uh, and then this weird, like, drumbeat kicks in, Dude. and it leads into the rest of this episode of them using this, like, this industrial what, music what the fuck is this before. music it's so it's weird wild and, yeah it's just like and it's it's very like i kept expecting more things to happen with this music right like i kept expecting something because there's some weird shit that happens but it's not to the level that this music was implying would be happening <laughs> um, yeah i mean i didn't hate it but it was so unsupernatural exactly strange. yeah it just sounded super out of out of uh, off model if you will like it just yeah, seemed like yeah. we- weird um crowley tells dean uh, that whatever is in the house is radiating power. And um, he starts saying like that thing is old and deep and dark. And in between the words, we, sh- we, we, we go over to Jenna. It's kind of cutting in between. And Jenna walks into the kitchen and scares her, her grandmother. And then goes over and picks a knife up and says, I've always wanted to do this. And then just stabs her grandma in the face. Yeah. So cutting back real quick. I mean, or, or jumping ahead, I guess, because this is spoilers. She, her soul was taken from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a soulless body, like soulless Sam in season six, who did a lot of bad shit, like to get the job done. But I mean, are they trying to imply <laughs> that Jenna just wanted her her desire to kill her grandma was so strong that as soon as the soul was gone, she's like, oh, I'm just gonna go do it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you if you contrast this with like soulless Sam back in season six, right? Like he just had no moral compass, and like anything that right. seemed interesting to him, he would just do without a without a thought of the the morality or the ethical you know implications of something so like it almost looks as if she just walks in sees a knife and sees her grandmother and is like let's try this out i don't know what could happen she could be dead who knows Um, um, but then later you see her like breaking her grandmother's stuff so maybe she just really fucking did not like her grandmother (laughs) like mm -hmm, maybe she just mm -hmm. had it out for grandma right she got a lot of pent-up rage i guess um so now i know supernatural is, is killing another lgbt character that they could barely even say was it was like practically in like a secret throwaway line it's not but um there was something about her arc that i well, we, I, we haven't I, got to killing her yet so i know i know but there i liked i didn't like that they killed her i expected them to keep her around for a while but there was a certain for me felt like there was a certain weight to it because they don't usually keep one-off characters if you want to call it that they don't keep them around for more than one episode so to get two episodes with her it would have been better if they didn't kill her but there was a certain magnitude to it a little bit for me it's um i guess to to fast forward this like i thought just like you did that she was possessed at first uh it is revealed like as you mentioned that amara ate her soul she's she doesn't have a soul anymore 
and her and Dean fight, and you know she, Dean comes out on the on, uh, on the underside of that somehow. I have no idea mm-hmm. how. Like not having a soul, like makes gives not you more soul. Gives I mean, you gives you jujitsu somehow. I but guess whatever. she's supposed to have like cop training, but Dean has like vampire hunter training. Yeah, like Dean, <laughs> Dean's, Dean's got some some age and some weight and yeah some experience on her. Uh, but then Crowley just fucking executes her. He just like mm-hmm. you know, bounces her into the ceiling and kills her. And um, before that though, we yeah, go come back. Over to Castiel, they're trying to hack his brain. Uh, the guy says that he watched Naomi do it once, uh, but it's no, it's not working. Hannah's trying to stop them, uh, but the big angel, uh, I believe this is Ephraim or whatever his Ephraim, name is, yeah. uh, uh, starts uh, just basically beating the shit out of her. And yeah. this this causes Castiel to go into berserker mode. Yeah, he, he hulks out. He goes Super Saiyan, if you will. He does. Um, he immediately kills the other angel, John, and then... Uh, right after that, Ephraim kills Hannah. R.I.P. A real to one. A real one. Um, then Ephraim and Cass fight momentarily. We get to see Castiel do a little bit of uh some stunt work out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Castiel kills Ephraim. And this is where I started to be like, okay, this is basically just the Mark of Cain. This is the Mark of Cain. Like when know? they show, when they do the shot of from above. Looking down on Castiel with three bodies, one of which was his, you know, what uh, I'm not going to say a lover, but like one of which was obviously a close friend, an intimate mm-hmm. pal, if you will. Uh, like yes. it's it's very oh shit, this is the Mark of Cain kind of situation. Um, I do want to say too, by the way, like when Castiel hulks out, he hulks out so hard that he shoots the little drill bits from his brain out of the uh-huh. machine. It's fucking dope as hell, man. Yeah. His brain flexed. Homie is powered up. <laughs> he's got, you just, you just, all you have to do is just touch Hannah in front of him and he's going to roid the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows what would happen if you did it to Dean? Mm-hmm. Um, cut back to Sam, and now he's like finally starting to to lose it, to to fade. He's hearing voices. The voices—I don't know if it's his voice or other people's voice—because one of the voices is saying Sam, another one's saying like you're fine, everything's fine. Another voice is saying that you're unclean. And this was the funniest shit ever to me that he's literally like the screen is shaking, everything is blurry, and then we see Sam stumbling up to the laptop, start to do research. Um, <laughs> the, they didn't they had googling to, Bible they had, purification. They had to cut out the first three times where he just by uh, by instinct googled Mark of Cain just because he's just yeah, so used to yeah, doing so, that no, every no, time no, wait, he opens yeah. up Google. <laughs> um, he does some hazy, drunken uh, googling, and he finds that if he uses holy oil. He can be he he can purify the darkness. Mm-hmm. Luckily for him, he has an ancient urn on hand in his duffel bag. Super 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 handy to have that. Big it's very ancient funny. Urn. Like I when he ran for his bag, I go, oh yeah, of course Sam has holy oil on him. Like I hundred percent believe that. And then he pulled out the ancient urn, and I was like, okay, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a little much. <laughs> um, I like this though because he he like I mix, like it too. He mixes this stuff up in a bedpan, which is very funny to me. Um, yeah. and then like gets a cotton ball and like has it uh, like swaths this stuff in this holy oil and salt and lights it on fire and as he's holding it up to his face where the veins are like his you can hear his thoughts and there's like a, a sam voice that's telling him no don't do this there's a sam voice telling him to hold on don't yeah don't you're, do you're this fine. stop stop yeah. stop and for a moment i was like oh he's so fucked up and like billy got into his head and billy wants to fuck him over so like maybe she implanted this idea and this is actually really really bad but nope it mm-hmm. doesn't happen that way he, he shoves it on his face it looks very painful. All of the veins light up and burn, and then he is just instantly all better. Yeah, so even f- for me, even though Billy laid this kind of veiled threat on him of like, see you soon, pal, um, 
in my mind, she also purposely like planted this in his head of like, here's your solution for, I don't know if, I don't know if it's written that she's supposed to have purposely said you're unclean in the biblical sense. Wink, wink. Um, you'll figure it out cause you're Sam or he figured it out cause he's Sam. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but yeah, we see those black lines just burn away. Yeah. So Sam's fine. We don't have to worry about Sam anymore. Um, we're cut back over to Dean and Crowley who are searching for Jenna. Uh, they hear the baby crying. They rush in. Dean goes over to the baby, uh, undresses it for some reason. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't undress the baby, but, uh, he pulls the shirt over and sees for the first time that it has the mark of Cain and remembers that what the darkness told him about how they were bound. Uh, Crowley points out that that baby really likes Dean. Really, really likes Dean. Um, we go back over to the hospital where more of the rabid infected are showing up. They hear Sugar Shack playing because Sam's up to his old Sugar Shack tricks He's up again. to his old tricks. Um, yeah, he, he Finally, Dean's them. not here and Sam can play Sugar Shack to get some he zombies can, dead. He's been itching. He's been itching for this. This one's been he on his, them, his, his MP3 player since he had the original iPod. Since, yeah, the one that in, in season four when he has the Impala briefly, Dean tosses that ipod into the back seat sam's not going to that thing um yeah he, he pulls them into a, a ring of holy oil and then he lights it and i was surprised that this was enough to purify them but i guess being it's near fine. the holy whatever yeah. being near the heat of it is enough that's fine i don't care yeah, yeah. um it saves literally all of them yes and he goes let's go save the rest of them like it's I it's the most heroic shit he's done since season one. <laughs> I love it, dude. Like think about uh because mo- this is going to be mostly Dean stuff from the rest of the episode. But like Sam, he was left behind. He distracted people to let Dean and the baby get out. He was infected. He's killed almost a town's worth of infected. We saw in the streets at the very beginning of the episode. He he home fucking built a taser out of a mop mm-hmm. handle and some shit. He's been blowing up speakers all over town. He's got this fucking kicker 15s rolling <laughs> with Sugar Shack killing these zombies. And then he figured out the cure and he, he met a reaper. He figured out the cure. This is great, dude. This is Sam is, is killing stuff. it in this episode. Good stuff. Um, Yeah. He So. Back over to uh, who? Oh yeah, Jenna, and she's just smashing those angel ornaments. Yes, Crowley. This is now where he reveals. Oh shit, she ain't got no soul. Um, Amara ate her soul. Yes. Um, Dean says that he can fix her. Mm. I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> well, I mean, she is. She's you like, killed death, no. and death is the one that fixed Sam. So, but I don't really know what your plan is. But you know, so far Dean's been pretty good at fixing things for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she suddenly attacks Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, we cut over and see baby Amara become a child, child Amara. And then she just slips out. She's gone. She's going to go do her thing. Um, the CGI here with the transition, the baby face to the, to the, the young child transition, I thought was a little, a, a little jank. It was a little, it was a little creepy, but, oh, yeah. the, but then yeah. you just see like obvious 10 year old legs, like getting out of the crib and you realize mm-hmm. instantly what happened. So yeah. dope. I love the idea completely. just the CGI. Sure. A little, sure. 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 Wank. Um, Crowley gets bored of watching Dean and, uh, Jenna fight. So he just tosses her in the air and throws her back down on the ground. And that's enough to kill her. He used his full demon Crowley power, I guess on her. Um, and then, yeah, holy shit. What a whirlwind. Dean now surmises that Amara is in fact the darkness. Yay! I thought Yay. that was pretty. I thought that was pretty obvious from the first episode. But yeah. maybe I'm not. Yeah. 
um, Crowley uh, basically throws, you know, Crowley says, well, look, I'm, uh, you're not going to kill her, obviously, and I'll go kill her instead. I'm, I want this baby. And Dina tries to attack him, and Crowley just throws him into the, the closet where he pretty much lives for most of his life. Um, yeah. And, and Crowley's like, you know, because we've had some good times and we've shared some sexual experiences together. Um, season nine, everybody. Um, they did. <laughs> or season nine or ten does it does. Season, season, season 10, 10. Uh, but he's, he says you know I'll let you go um, but then Dean, I want that child and I get what I want you and Sam don't understand I'm not your bloody sidekick exactly and uh, but Dean whips out his angel blade and pins his arm and or th- through his or pins it through his hand to the wall so Crowley is like stuck there and Dean um, he pulls out is, the demon knife aka Ruby's knife. Ruby's knife. Uh, does not kill Crowley for... A, no. It, He's got... He, dude, classic move right there would have been to, like, kill Crowley. Yeah. But uh, he didn't. I don't know if it would have worked, but still. I would have rather him... Because we've tried to kill Crowley in the past, and it's not worked, because he seems to be juiced up more than the normal average demon. But I, I would have liked to see him at least try. Like, the fact that he didn't even try to kill Crowley is very confusing to me. Because yeah. at this point, they don't they don't have like an association they're not on the same side like they don't crowley is at his worst right now it's everything is bad so i don't i don't know why he doesn't kill crowley he's a coward because he's a coward. um no he's got i guess he's got uh bigger fish to fry because he runs to try and get amara yeah and when he comes back uh he finds the crib empty amara is gone and crowley has disappeared when he comes that back. industrial music is playing that, hip, that weird like industrial <laughs> trip-hop bullshit is playing it's yeah. fucking wild um, um, I looked. I looked for it. By the way, I looked to try to figure out okay. if I could identify it, but it could not. So, um, so Sam and Dean finally head back to the bunker. It feels like it's been a while, but not really. It uh, it seems like it's been a while, but like I like the shot when they walk in because it's from behind the stack of books that the Steins were about to burn. Um, so like it it has only been a couple of days since all of that shit went yeah. down. Um, yeah, which is which is funny because it felt like it should have been a while, but really, yeah, all. We we're used to like time passing between seasons, but no, this is like a couple days later. Ops. Um. Yeah, they hear they hear. Um. Well, first they talk a little bit. Um. Let's see. Um. Dean, Dean jokes thinks that Dean jokes about getting a maid. Um, yeah, I guess that's really all. They don't really like sit down and powwow about the fact that Sam used holy oil to stop it or anything like that. They're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. That's probably for some reason a secret Sam's keeping. Who fucking knows? I, um, I have to imagine there's a behind the scenes of them calling one another and then meeting back up and then doing all of that. Sam shit, being right? like, all right, so yeah, I did get attacked by one of these things, but it turned out okay because I whatever. Um, but yeah, they hear a noise. They draw their guns, but turns out that it's just Castiel. And he's just covered in a stack of books because he was trying to get something off the top shelf and it all fell on top of him. But he's been stuck there ever since. Um, <laughs> it's because he doesn't have any hands because he's a fish. Like, that's the that's problem. He's, he's <laughs> flopping around in there. He's, he's like, I need flopping around, quick. gasping for air. Sam's like, I'll fill up the tank. <laughs> and he runs off. Um, so he says, help me. And everyone's reunited. Yay. And for our final scene of the episode, we see little little child Amara walking the streets. Crowley rose up on her in a creepy van only to realize uh, or, or, or to reveal that the van is filled with a kidnapped family who he has, he has tied up for her to feed on to, to eat their souls. Um, and she smiles and more of that wild industrial music plays and the episode ends. 
Yeah. So the real reason that Dean didn't kill uh, Crowley is revealed is because Crowley has plot stuff to do in other episodes. I guess obvious that he wants to take Amara and Dean mentioned it in the, the season premiere that Amara probably doesn't know anything. Like she's been, she hasn't watched the earth develop over the years. She, she doesn't know what a cheeseburger is. I think is his line. So I can definitely see Crowley understanding that as well. And thinking if I can harness this power, if I can convince this little girl to follow me or to, if I can groom her to do my bidding, then I would have even more power than I do now. And I can unleash the forces of hell or whatever Crowley wants to do in his spare time. I have no idea. So this works, this works for me. I like this a lot. Definitely. The little girl has a great, like, creepy smile. Obviously, we're not going to see it for very long because, like, she's got four or five souls to eat. So she's probably going to be, you know, 47 by the time she's done with uh-huh. all of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, a a great episode. I'm super psyched to see what's next, which I'm sure is just going to be like a random Monster of the Week episode because it seems about time for that. Um, but what they've established with the world, I'm um, or for the season, I'm super into it. Yeah, this is all good. I uh, I like this Amara stuff. Uh, I am sad that they they killed off Jenna. Like I would have much been, I would have been much happier yeah. if she just had never appeared again. Um, Crowley seems evil for the first time in a very long time. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's all super good. Where's Rowena? Is another question where, that we have to Where's Rowena? Ask. So there will be a certain point where they're like, okay, we have to go track her down. There will be the constant, you know, Mark of Cain googling, but this time it'll be like Amara because they're trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> the with darkness. Her. Yeah. It'll be it'll be the thing they check in on every episode to you know to see if she's still alive um, sure. or to yeah. see what's going on. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'm, I'm excited to see where the season goes. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to conclude our episode today. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We very much appreciate it. Thank you to the patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We really appreciate you. Uh, thank you to all of the people that have been adding our Twitter account and leaving iTunes reviews and all of yes. that stuff. All of it. It's just we, we talk we come about it every time, but like it's so overwhelming and, and just delightful. Thank you very, very people much. People have been tagging us on Instagram. Which I'm yes. always very slow to see, but I love seeing it. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been opening that app and like trying to respond to people on that. So I've been if you're if you haven't heard from me, if you haven't heard from us, yeah. it's just because yeah. we're slow on Insta for some reason. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode of Monster Week, uh, covering the next episode, which is teased by saying Jensen Ackles directs. So oh, yeah. good night, everybody. Good night. Oh boy, is not feeling too great right now. Dean, I cured the sickness. Dean. Dean. Dean, I'm entering the danger zone. I need to save this and get the hell out of here. Do it, man. Get out of here. Uh, for a second, I was like, am I going to have to text you? <laughs> We're going to have to stop the podcast. <laughs> am I going to have to leave real quick? All right. Um, See ya. Don't talk anymore. Good episode. Bye. Yeah. volume up way too high and i got scared well dang chris i didn't mean to frighten you i didn't mean to do you a frighten well, <laughs> well dang uh, i i kind of forgot i kind of forgot about the bit even though i listened back to it and laughed at it um but unfortunately 
that episode went out today, and uh, people are talking about it. <laughs> if only we had just recorded yesterday. Like, if I had not, if, de- if I had not delayed the episode by one day, we would not. Y'all would have been safe. We wouldn't have been reminded, and we wouldn't be using it constantly, which I'm sure that we're going to do throughout the episode. So, so let's cut right to the chase. Beep 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 beep. Local bones news, baby. Call the call the uh, hotline, local bones, uh, local bones knows gaming podcast. I'm never gonna be able to say it right every time. <laughs> That's the good I gimmick. Stutter. I love it. <laughs> it's not even a gimmick. It's just me forgetting. Local bones knows gaming podcast. Welcome everybody. I'm your host, local bones knows. Uh, and today I'm joined by a special guest um, Jeremy Greer, also known as um, Evil Carrot. Jeremy Carrot, Mr. Carrot, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine, Chris. How are you? <laughs> it's it is evil carrot, correct? Yeah, EC was originally for, supposed to be for evil carrot. <clears throat> I think you told me that a long time ago. I remembered because I'm a good friend. You, anyway, you Jeremy, um, why don't you tell me, um, uh, tell tell the local bones knows uh, audience listeners who uh, <laughs> what you been playing? Uh, <laughs> what is a video game? <laughs> uh, Sekiro. <laughs> Uh, I played some Sekiro today. I, um, is it your game of the year? I don't. I don't do that. I don't fuck with that. Uh, I have asked the question. Brian, I need a yes or a no. Brian Wade uh, basically told the both of us like, uh, like he was like, I know Jeremy's not going to do it, but Chris, do you want to be on the game of the year podcast for Dark Insight? I'm like, yep. You don't even bother asking me that shit. I don't. I believe that he's recording it this evening. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, I think. Well. Yeah, they usually record it two on Friday or three uh, for you on Friday. So, bro, I'm at work. Were you crazy, <laughs> Brian Wade? You still didn't listen to our um, no, you Star didn't. Wars invitation. <laughs> yeah, but you have just a couple of, like three, four days you to catch till, up. You got till Monday, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Autumn that I was like, "Yeah, me and Chris might record a, a Star Wars thing at some point," and she's like, "Oh, you should get Brian Wade on it." I'm like, "Well, he is technically invited." <laughs> mm-hmm. Open I'm really invitation. Extremely proud of our audience for nobody adding Brian Wade or not yeah, knowing who Brian Wade is. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely people who know for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. They just, yeah. I don't even think that it's that they're playing along. They just go, I don't fucking give a I'm shit. I'm not to add it. I don't want to add anybody. I'm not getting involved the world this. is on fire and everything sucks. Why yeah. don't want to add Brian Wade about anything? <laughs> who do you think you are? <laughs> I um I play some Sekiro today. I'm really bad at that uh-huh. game now. Uh, I got. That's what happens. Um, do you remember you talked extensively about getting into a place like a, a bad mental place with that game? And uh-huh. uh, I feel like because I was my goal with this stream, I have two hours and I want to beat uh-huh. Roof Boy, uh, which should be completely doable. I want to beat Genichiro for the first time you encounter him. Completely. I'm sorry doable. if that burp just got picked up on the mic. I tried to move away. It's okay. But it it's okay. It wasn't quite fast enough. But uh. I could not defeat. I went through the game pretty much no problem. The bull, dude, like what is supposedly the easiest fucking. Bro, get the firecrackers, bro. I don't want to spend time like get, you grinding spend the up time money. Dying, 
You're spending time dying when you could be spending time grinding, get the firecrackers, boom, you're in, you're out. Um, <laughs> I, I impulse bought Sayonara Wild Hearts on Switch, on Switch, oh. and I don't like that game. <laughs> That's a rhythm game. Yeah, I don't like rhythm games. I don't know why I bought it. I thought it was Yeah, what is this funner. DDR shit? It's yeah. 2019, oh, the cusp of 2020. Fuck We're gamers, okay? Where, where are my guns and rockets? I don't just... Right. This, this, Do yeah. I look like a fucking dancer, bro? Um, and... I don't know. Then I bought my friend Pedro, which is a much better game. I've been having fun with that. Yeah, your little, your little. Um, I hate this phrase, but your little indie darlings, eh? Yeah, I know. You, you, and that's the problem is I follow like weirdo game journalists on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I, they they all love these you know stupid indie darlings. And I'm like, oh well, mm-hmm. I've heard a bunch of great stuff about Sire Nora Wad Hearts. I bet it's great. Everybody seemed to really love it. And then I play it, and I'm like, oh, no, this just is not great. Like, I, it, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I don't want to say it's a bad game or anything. It's def- it's just not for me in the least. Now, I should have watched a single video. <laughs> Four seconds of a video would have probably huh? told me everything. But instead, I'm $12 in the hole on that one. So Every, every GD time with you. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. I couldn't convince you to play Resident Evil 2 again, so I replayed it. Oh, and, <laughs> um. I don't remember if I talked about it the last time because I think I started I think, this week. I think you were trying to convince me on the last episode of yeah. Local Bones Knows Gaming. Well, podcast. it turns out uh, Local Bones Knows convinced himself. Uh, and that's when it when eventually when we when we do a spinoff video game podcast, it's going to be called Local Bones Knows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't be Local Bones. Local Bones will be the collective at that point. Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> I started Resident Evil 2 again. I had I had already started it, so I, I was stepping into a um, a game where I was about maybe an hour or two in, and trying to figure out the controls, and just being hella anxious that like something bad was going to happen at any time because I couldn't remember at what point in the game I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I put like you know five hours into it over the weekend, and I beat it again. It's not a very long game, especially when you're doing multiple playthroughs. Um, excellent. Resident Evil Two Remake is an excellent video game. Uh, I I did uh leon's a route which is the that's how you would normally start the game or you can do claire's a route i did leon a and then i did claire b which is like some scenarios are slightly different you're playing as claire instead of leon and you'll get the like the full ending basically um so i did leon a claire b then decided to go back and do leon b and then i started claire a on the harder difficulty because apparently i never thought to crank up that difficulty to get the achievements at any point you know pop them chivos um, and I found that very difficult and very stressful. So I have uh, I've been looking for another game to play because I can't I can't really hang with uh, with hardcore difficulty because I'm not very good at uh, <laughs> video games. That so update pop- for uh, Stardew Valley <clears throat> came out. The content Ooh, update did. finally hit the consoles. Eh? It did. Yeah. I did. I tell you, I, I played a little bit of that on PC because Jess plays it on PC and she's got, you know, 400 hours in it in like mm-hmm. the ultimate powerhouse farm. Um, does she like so, check in every day? Does she go in and like do the grind, like and do it like a day's worth, like for an no, hour every I don't, single day? I don't think so. But she will like when she gets like every couple of weeks, she'll get back into it for like a few nights and she'll she'll play it after work or whatever. But then you know, I think she you know takes breaks from it. Um, but yeah, I hopped in to play multiplayer with her in her world. So I I hop in there. Suddenly I get like every Steam achievement because it just is like reading her world as my world. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I've just got millions. I've got stacks of cash at my disposal. <laughs> so I was like, sorry, Jess. First thing I do is steal her horse and ride. Excellent. Excellent. She, at some point, she was like, where's my horse? I was like, sorry. <laughs> got away with that one. No idea and what you're I talking rode, about. <laughs> I rode down to the little hat stand where the mouse that sells hats. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, I was blowing so much of her cash on all these funny hats. And then I'm riding around and I'm goofing off trying to be funny. And um, I, she doesn't know that I'm spending all of her money on hats yet. But I'm down by the sewers. Now, Stardew Valley experts, you know exactly where the sewers are. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm hanging down there on my stolen horse. And what do I see but a bear? There's a, there's a creature. And he's sitting there and he's snoozing. So I go up and talk to him. I'm like, uh, Jess, come in. Mayday, mayday. We got a situation on our hands. Um, there's the, yeah, you, there's, there's now a bear hanging out by the sewers. And when you talk to him, he asks for a specific food item that you have to give him. So I was like, Jess, you gotta get down here. Like stat, bring a mackerel. We need it now. We need to figure out what's going on with this bear. He's, he's asleep. I'm worried that he needs help. So Jess comes running down takes her, you know, God knows 10 minutes cause she doesn't have her damn horse. Um, <laughs> it just finds me there wearing a baby bonnet standing next to this giant sleeping bear. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg with these uh, with this update. I have no idea what is in store, but I definitely want to like play more of it, especially if, now that you're saying it's on console. Maybe I should hop in there because get you uh, um, started up on PS4 so I can come visit your farm one day. Like we should ooh, we should do that. That'd be that'd be a fun old, time because I want to hunk farm. I was thinking about trying to just start a whole new farm instead of trying to pick up my last game. So I'd, do, mm-hmm. I'd be kind of curious about that. Um, Local bone knows gaming. Can I interrupt yep. this podcast uh-huh. for a second? Uh, sure thing. Um, I just, I just kind of need to take a few minutes to, for Evil Carrot's uh, Star Wars podcast, a, mm-hmm. a big old pile of Sith work. Talking about a bunch of Sith. Work. A big old pile of Sith. Sith. <laughs> How's I'm all ears? <laughs> how's How's the Mandalorian treating you, local bones? I I love the Mandalorian. I get so excited to watch it every week. I, you know, I've actually heard a lot of uh, people being kind of grumpy with the show, not not really feeling it. I don't know. I just my expectations were kind of all over the place in the first episode because there's this, there's a little twist at the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. You told I mean, me, we, hey, we, don't don't we, don't have we, it spoiled. Yeah, we've talked about Baby Yoda on the podcast before. Baby, like so Baby Yoda shows up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know who Baby Yoda was. I I just didn't know what to think. And ever since then, I've had zero expectations for the show, so I'm just along for the ride, and I'm having a great time. And especially episode seven, I thought was fan freaking tastic. Absolutely, yeah. I'm um, I I'm kind of in the same position. Like I had no real expectations that this show would be good, and um, the complaints that I've seen online are like, oh, it's just too much of a like it's just doing those old westerns. We've seen those a thousand times, and I'm like, yeah, but there's fucking blasters in this one, like, yeah. and a baby yeah. Yoda. This rules. Give and me I the love old westerns <laughs> with with a fucking Mandalorian. I'm okay yeah. with that. Uh, but yeah, and. I, I I love it. I'm having a great time with it. Autumn is so enraptured with Baby Yoda. She, Baby Yoda, she can barely stand it. It's 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 getting to be an issue. Like the that's end how of, I feel. She um she re, she pre-ordered the the Baby Yoda plush. Excellent. Um, and apparently I didn't know. I'm gonna this, need, but, I'm gonna need the link to that separately. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay. It's private exchange you between you and I. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that link. I'll, uh, but that doesn't come out till May of this. Of yeah, all the all the merch. We gotta wait months. What is this? And apparently, it was uh, what's his name? Um, not Vince Vaughn. Who's the guy that's doing? John Favreau. Vince Vaughn. I don't know why I went Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, John Favreau like asked for this to happen because because he knew if they did all of like the pre work on the merch to have it all available when the show hit that it would just leak out like there'd be Baby Yoda shit uh-huh, everywhere uh-huh. and he did not want anybody to know about Baby Yoda. He wanted that to be a complete surprise and for I can't imagine how he got Disney to sign off on that because that has to be 
hundreds of millions of dollars in baby yoda merch like they're missing out on on this christmas season right like it's yeah. fucking crazy oh i mean it'll all be there for season two i guess so mm-hmm. they they have that but yeah that's that's ridiculous yeah. um so there's there's currently rumors about what's going to be happening next because they have started season two as far as i'm aware um season two of mandalorian is confirmed um obi-wan starring ewan mcgregor uh that is starting filming in 2020 and next so there will be there'll be some space we won't won't see that right away but there is a rumor right now that there is another show that's gonna like that's secretly been in development i don't know if there's any uh legitimacy to this rumor i was actually just googling like hey disney plus like show schedule i was trying to see like hey after the mandalorian like they have any new content coming out yeah do i need to keep coughing up five dollars a month for this right and then i found the 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 dr afra rumor which we talked about in our discord a little bit today yeah, um, I didn't. Um, well, who is Doctor Afra? What is that? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm assuming that's a legend is, thing that I don't know about. Yeah, no, she's a a, a newer character from the from the newer Marvel Darth Vader comic, okay, who now cool. has her own spinoff series. And f- I haven't read any of that stuff yet. I've just been like you know reading synopses and stuff like that. From what I understand, she is an archaeologist who like briefly is employed by the Imperials. Um, so I don't know if she's supposed to be like a Lara Croft type who's like go like action adventure um archaeologist type. I also heard that she uh could be a lesbian. So that'd be one of the Dope. one yeah. of the first mm-hmm. um representations in in uh Star Wars. So especially on any kind of screen, I think. Like Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um so I don't know if that's like just some complete nothing pulled out of thin air nonsense. I didn't look into it any further than this one article. Because I'm afraid to even Google the word Star Wars until I oh, see sure. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I finally, I finally <laughs> had to break today and was like muting everything because people in mm-hmm. England were just like being really shitty about like saying stuff. But um, yeah, one of my coworkers came into work today and was like, "Happy Star Wars Day!" And I was like, "You son of a bitch! <laughs> 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 I'm not seeing it yet. <laughs> I got a few days to go." And then he left work like half an hour early to uh, go watch the movie. I was like, "That's awesome! I'm so jealous." Seriously, I um, you mentioned that Obi Wan Kenobi show, uh. Mm-hmm. My only real big complaint with the Mandalorian is that they sometimes do like like that that Star Wars style like over the top heroic music for like mm-hmm. and it's like the Mandalorian flying off like that swamp planet or whatever and like he didn't like he saved the day right but like it doesn't feel like the Mandalorian is the kind of character that needs those kind that kind of musical flourish to it and it's really just very distracting for me because otherwise like when they just do the Mandalorian theme and they play on that like it's always really fucking the Mandalorian theme is so good it's so fucking good dude it's so fucking great it reminds me of the Sopranos like when the Sopranos song starts (laughs) up right like you're like "Mm, yeah I'm about to watch the fucking Sopranos yeah Um, Um, but that's my concern on an Obi-Wan Kenobi show because like I feel like they just won't be able to help themselves of making him of just completely deified that dude ultra white knight heroic yeah exactly yeah um yeah i'm i'm, I'm very very curious to see what's gonna go on with that because he's on tatooine like the whole time the, there's <sighs> canon weird. comics now of him essentially saying that he's looking out for luke luke's whole life um there's a, a chapter is it, that is it going to be forrest gump but star trek star wars <laughs> maybe, is, maybe. is it going to be just like <laughs> obi-wan kenobi just shows up and he's you know preventing jfk from dying and luke skywalker yeah. from getting his hand <laughs> cut off or something <laughs> yes, like what yes. <laughs> um that's exactly what it is um no there's a there's a uh, an issue in the star wars marvel comic just called star wars where um luke goes back and finds uh obi-wan's journal that he left because he thinks like oh obi-wan ben he must have had something for me that I can like use because it's a 
this comic takes place after a new hope he doesn't know where to go he's lost um and when he reads it he just reads stories about old ben kenobi basically watching out for luke um and how you know these smugglers or the or jabba's thugs somebody like that that came and tried to kidnap luke and obi-wan stepped in and and did something about it but luke never had any idea so i don't know if it's going to be stories like that or what's going on but i can't imagine that they can make a full multiple season series out of this right like no no it I, seems like they do they do one obi-wan season and i think a cool thing would maybe either just j- just do the one season uh, and leave it call it there it's a mini series that's it or you do the one season and let it lead into something else that can then tell its own story um just to keep people like entertained and engaged and all that but going back real quick to the mandalorian music um I, i'm I agree with you. Sometimes it goes like overly heroic and it's kind of jarring. Like it doesn't seem to fit yeah. with the style of the show. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're trying to do that because it like an incentive to be like, let's, let's really make sure we're like pushing the emotional heft of, of, yeah. of these scenes because we can't see Mando's face. Um, even though I think there's somehow they managed to convey emotion through that thing. No, they, they do a really good job. Mask. Like, did you know, yeah. I, I didn't even know the guy that was playing that. Have we talked about that? The guy who plays yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, the guy Game from of Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that they're used to leaning on that music. Cause I think the music does a, a lot of emotional lifting in the main movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, it's so wildly known. It's, it's such a cultural thing now that like when they, when you start playing the, da, 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 like you get fucking excited, you get pumped. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you like it and if you're not just a deal weed on Twitter that just hates everything or whatever. But for me as a kid growing up and watching this shit on like VHS tapes and then, following it over the years and then getting kind of disillusioned with it when the prequels came out, but then kind of getting back into it in recent years and getting excited about it. Like I, I, a lot of that stuff works, but man, it just feels, feels so weird in the Mandalorian. Yeah. It, um, it's just, it's such a different style, you know, that it, it does feel a little bit weird. And I don't think we need that. I, you know, the sound effects of, of droids, of blasters, of, um, certain ships like that. There's a certain ship that just showed up at the end of episode seven. And th- these iconic sounds, we we have that. We don't need the main theme of Star Wars or or like the Force theme. You know, when Luke's looking out at the two and sons of Tatooine like that. The sad song. Um, we don't need any of that stuff. Um, Mandalorian can very much like be its own thing and still very much be Star Wars. So, um, yeah, I feel you there. But we only got one episode left. By the time this goes out, we'll be basically ready to uh to watch that. But. Yeah, it'll be. This goes out publicly next Thursday. The new episode is next Friday. So I couldn't believe that, by the way. I don't know why they put an w- episode on Wednesday and then made us wake a week, a week and a half. Yeah, like, I was so confused. Like, why are they putting it out on yeah. on Wednesday? It doesn't make sense. I guess because Rise of Skywalker is out Friday. And then, like, like, all right, well, like, the people I, I don't that know. are watching the show aren't going to be like, oh, I'm not going to go see the movie this weekend because I have an episode of The Mandalorian to watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is so crazy to me. The only yeah, thing I can uh, think of is like um, the the character. And I, this is kind of spoilers, like, but. I think it's really hard to spoil the Mandalorian. Like outside of there is a baby Yoda, like just yeah. some, st- some action stuff happens. Like there's nothing like pl- it's too dramatic in the plot, but they introduce a character from the empire um, at the end of the last episode that I, I don't know. I don't think he's from the mm-hmm. text or anything, but uh, I, I, for whatever reason, I feel like, like maybe he might show up or something in the rise of Skywalker or somehow be referenced. And then he's going to be like, we're going to have more information about him in the last episode of the Mandalorian, but I could be just talking completely out of my ass too. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. <laughs> we talked about this privately, but that, the the moment when the ship lands and we both were thinking is that is that gonna be Thrawn is that <laughs> fucking Thrawn is that gonna be fucking Thrawn which is just that's you know uh, 
rereading, uh, or not rereading, well, sort of, Heir to the Empire, I'm reading it now. I never finished this book before. Um, uh, having a great time reading that. And then on the side, I was listening to the new Thrawn trilogy, uh, audiobooks. And those are also excellent. Um, Thrawn, I, I think he's introduced before A New Hope. I think that's where they set New Thrawn. I don't know where Star Wars Rebels takes place, like the cartoon, but I know that Thrawn is a, is a character in that show. So it, this all has something to do around that era, I think, around A New Hope. Probably. That's, um, that's all, like Thrawn is all post the original trilogy. Okay, it's, so it's is after... New Thrawn post original? Well, no, I don't New Thrawn know. can't be because he's no, hanging no, out. No, no, he has to be. He's hanging he's... out with Vader. <laughs> oh, yeah, I he's guess that lit. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't know that. Well, he could have known Vader before that. Like, that comic could be set before that, right? It could be set before. Yeah. So, because yeah. Thrawn was around. Like, he just wasn't mm-hmm. introduced as a character in the legend stuff until, like, post Empire. Yeah, that's um, when he. So, yeah, I think post Empire or, or Legends and then the new canon are yeah. very different. Yeah. Um, but they're both good, and I'm reading both at the same time, which is probably ill-advised. But. Super confusing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, I guess, so, but we, we might have more official Star Wars um, talk soon, but by the time we record next time, uh, The Witcher will be out. Yeah. I'm going to have to uh, talk about that a little bit. I have, um, that's, I think that's my plans for tomorrow. Like. That's going to be. I have I have things to do around the house for uh-huh. like getting ready for Christmas and everything, and then at like three o'clock, I'm gonna like pull Autumn off of whatever she's doing and sit her on the couch and be like, "It's time for The Witcher." <laughs> like let's the Witcher. let's let's watch three episodes. I'm excited. <laughs> we, um, we need to get this done. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to watch most of it this weekend. Probably not, but I I know what happens, so yeah. it's okay. Do you want to talk about cu- Supernatural? Yeah, we should talk about Supernatural. You, uh, I was kind of in a shitty mood when we started this podcast, um, mm-hmm. and just talking about stuff with my boy has cheered me up immensely. So it always helps, that. man. It always helps. Yeah. I was borderline comatose. Um, I got a, I got a super beef. I don't know if y'all have like the roast beef situation, um, down in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, but boy, oh boy, I, I, I really, I did a number on my, on my human body with some inhumane food. Um, <laughs> I ate like a like a pound and a half of French fries. I mean, if it was, I'm happy that I did it, but my body is like literally going into hibernation right now because it just doesn't understand the sludge that's <laughs> pumping through it. What did you do? What did you do? I babe? ate a lot of what a lot of fried me? food. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a um. There's a place that we have. Um, there's several places that do like huge roast beef sandwiches with the gravy mm-hmm. and everything. But there's one specifically, a place called the Chimes in Baton Rouge that does what they call like a, a three napkin roast beef. And it's just because they just slather the whole thing in gravy and like give you this a big thing, old tub of gravy of dipping yeah. gravy. So that's sort of how this felt. It wasn't gravy, but it was um uh what's it called? It was it wasn't hot sauce, barbecue sauce. Au jus or barbecue Maybe. sauce. Maybe it was some it was some shit. I don't know. It wasn't barbecue sauce, but it it was some sauce. Yeah. It was, <laughs> when I order it, I just say, Let me get some sauce. Let me get some <laughs> get some of that sauce. You don't give a shit what it is. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me what's in the sauce. I don't know. All right. Poor, uh, poor Mai that just had to mention that had to listen to me say a tub of dipping gravy. <laughs> She's gonna be like throwing away her fucking headphones right now. Uh, right. Sorry, Mai. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Dean. And this no, is- all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna go with it. I'm sorry. <clears throat> That's okay. not even how Dean talks. I'd say I'm talking. I know. I know. I blew it. Up, I blew it. Up. All right. <laughs>